Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So if you'd say this with me today, I receive the Word of God, the prophet me, reprove me, convict me, and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished on all good works. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open with me to Judges 11. And we probably won't read a whole lot of Scripture. We'll just go over the story of Jephthah. I love this story. But uh, we're going to start with uh, Judges chapter 11, verse 1. But I don't know about you, but I want to make a difference in this. I want to make a difference in this world. After I got born again, something just starts stirring up on the inside of me saying, you know what, I can make a difference. Tell your neighbor you can make a difference. I can make a difference. You can make a difference. We're all designed to make a difference. In fact, if you read certain studies about even the most uh, uh, you know, introverted person, they say that the most introverted person will affect 80 people in their lifestyle, in their lifetime. I want to affect more than 80 people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because when I discovered this word, of course it has always been here, but when I heard about this word and I began to discover the power of this word, it began to just make a difference in my life, begin to transform the way I think, how I saw myself, what I do in life. You know, it gave me such encouragement and such strength. And you know, in life, not everything comes in a perfect world. And we were born in a world that wasn't perfect, just like Jephthah was. And here in Judges chapter 11, it says, Now Jephthah the Gileite was a mighty man of valor. Say mighty man of valor. You know, I mean, he hadn't done anything yet. But you know what? Even though you haven't done anything, God calls things that be not as though they are. He calls you a man or a woman of valor. You are a history maker. You are a world shaker. And there's some things that Jephthah went through and some attitudes that he had that I really believe that propelled him to make a difference in his world. And it goes on, it says, but he was a son of a harlot. What a life. Wouldn't you, couldn't you, could you hardly imagine what it would have been like in elementary school when it was time to talk about your mom and dad's career and you're, you're, well, my mom, she's the woman on the street over there. You know, what an embarrassing situation. I really seriously doubt if he really even knew his natural mother. I think his father took him and began to raise him as his own. But yet his father and uh, his stepmother, if we could say it that way, they had the family of their own. And it goes on, Gilead's wife bored sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, and the truth is they never really grew up because look at this attitude, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, you shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. And so Jephthah fled from his brothers, it says here in verse 3, and dwelt in the land of Tob, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah, and went out raiding with him. And so as the story goes on, what happened with Jephthah was uh, as time passed on, the Ammonites began to declare war against Israel. And because he had strengthened himself and had a band of men that he had gathered together, his brothers went back to him and said, will you help us? 
And so here's the story of Jephthah. First of all, he was an outcast. But I want to let you know there's no throwaways in the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful? And though he was cast out of his family, he wasn't cast out of the plan of God. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about Jephthah was this. There was something that he couldn't control, but he wouldn't let it control him. You know, there are things in life that we can't control, but you know what? We don't have to let them control us. You know, it may not be working here, but God's got a place where it is going to work for you. I think about the story of Elijah, you know, when the, uh, the brook Kindrome dried up and the raven quit feeding him. And God said, now, if you'll go to Zarephath, there's a place called there where I'll provide for you. Most unlikely person to provide for Elijah was a widow woman, you know, but yet God used her not only to provide, but to supernaturally, say supernaturally, supernaturally provide for Elijah and her family. And so Jephthah couldn't prosper where he was at. Sometimes, you know, it's important to ask ourselves, are we in a position where we're celebrated? Are we in a position where we're tolerated? I don't know about you, but I've been in both positions, and I would much rather be in a place where I'm celebrated and not just tolerated. And so they considered him an outcast. They didn't want him to have anything that they had. They hadn't grown up yet. Even though they were growing up in stature, they hadn't mature, you know, emotionally or, 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 uh, or mentally because they were so jealous of him because he was the firstborn. And as a result of being the firstborn of Gilead, he had the firstborn rights. And they didn't want him to have what God wanted him to have. And that's the second thing you got to remember. If you're going to prosper in this world, you're going to prosper the way God wants you to prosper, there are some people who don't want you to prosper God's way. You know, I think about Isaac, you know, and how he was in the land of the Philistines, you know, and he went in and King Abimelech said, you know, you can go and you can reside there. And he sowed during famine and he, you know, reaped a hundredfold. And not only did he reap a hundredfold, but he began to begin to redig his his father's wells. And the shepherds of the Philistines and the shepherds of Isaac's men, they began to quarrel over these wells, you know. What were they quarreling over? Well, basically, the Philistines were quarreling over Isaac having something they didn't have. Hello, somebody. Does that ring a bell with you? When you begin to prosper, there are always going to be people who want what you you have even though they didn't work for it. Boy, does that sound like something that's going on in our society today. Stop it, Pastor, and get back to the Word of God. But anyway, nevertheless, you know, this is what happens. You know, the Bible says that, you know, there is uh, some uh, uh, challenges when you begin to prosper God's way. You know, but you know what? People are going to criticize you for two reasons and only two reasons. They're going to criticize you for being a success, and they're going to criticize you for being a failure. And you know what? Go ahead and be a success because it doesn't matter anyway. There's always going to be somebody who yang-yangs. And so what did Jephthah do? He walked away from it. Tell your neighbor, walk away from it. Sometimes you have to walk away from toxic situations. You know, you have to walk away from toxic relationships. Just because you had an argument with your spouse yesterday doesn't mean you're in a toxic situation, okay? I don't need any marriage counseling this next week, all right? You know, but I'm talking about a habitual toxic relationship or maybe a toxic environment at work. You know, begin, if you're in a toxic situation, begin to ask God to show you how you can get out of that situation and be put in a better situation. And I can guarantee God will promote you and put you in a situation that's not so toxic for you. You know, say, well, what about this, you know, hey, turn the other cheek, Pastor? What about this, you know, uh, uh, bless those who persecute you? What about all 
those things. I get that, and I understand there are times for that. But doesn't the Bible say, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as who? If you don't have value in yourself, how are people going to have value in you? Because see, how you perceive yourself is going to be how you project yourself. And I believe Jephthah said, you know what? I don't see myself the way my brothers see me. I think God has a better plan for me. So what did he do? He went and uh, he uh, uh, put himself in a position where he helped people that society said that no longer should be part of society. He helped people that would be called undesirables. You know, so many times the will of God is helping somebody who the world would say is undesirable. Now, I'm not saying that every person that's on the street corner that, you know, is asking for money is somebody that we should help because sometimes they choose to live that particular life and they don't want to change. But I am here to tell you that there are people who need a hand up, not necessarily a handout. And it's through that handout we develop a relationship with some people and we're able to give them a hand up. So what did he do? He found people that were the world would call undesirable and he said, you know what, I can work with you. Why could he work with him? Because he could relate. He could relate with being called an outcast. He could be related not being accepted. And he worked with these men that were undesirables in the life. And the Bible says they went about raiding. Well, some scholars say this. They weren't just raiding because they were like pirates taken away from other people. Actually, they were helping purge the land of Israel. Some scholars say that. I'm not saying I'm an expert on all that, but you know what? What if he was raiding? And what, what, what if he was a pirate? What was he doing? He was spending time with those the world says don't spend time with. He was putting value in other people who had no value. And I really believe that's one of the keys to being successful in life is trying to find someone who has it a lot worse than you have it and help them. You know, my wife figured this out about me early in our marriage, and that is whenever I was discouraged or whenever I was down, you know, I would get on the phone and I'd start calling people up and just encouraging them. You know, and I was so surprised because there was at least, you know, three or four people that I called up and said, hey, I just felt led to call you and just encourage you. And you'd be surprised what they were going through. Oh, brother, I can't believe you called me just out of the blue. You know, I, it's just so amazing that you called me because I'm going through such a difficult time and I'd pray for them. And I'd just pray myself happy by helping other people. There's always someone who has it worse than you do. And that's why this last song that we sang, you know, celebrating the goodness of God is so powerful because, you know, God's really been good to you. You know, like Pastor Vicky said, you know, did you walk here or did you drive here? If you didn't have to walk here, God's good to you. If you're not sleeping on a bridge, God's good to you. Isn't that wonderful when you think about how good God is? You know, it was a few years ago, and I know things have changed, but, you know, I don't know what it is today. But a few years ago, if you had $20, you had more money than 90% of the people in the world. How many of you have more than $20 on you? All right, we're going to receive another offering. Isn't that wonderful? But anyway... No, just kidding. But, you know, I mean, think about it. I mean, we have it so good, but yet we complain about so many things, you know. And, and it's so important that we guard our mind and guard our soul and be careful to what we listen to and allow to get inside of us. I posted this on Facebook the other day. Actually, I think this morning I posted it on Facebook, maybe yesterday. But, you know, people of weak character are won over by negativity, that was, uh, that was a quote that was given to me. And I got to thinking about that. And I thought, boy, how true is that? If I'm not going to be won over by negativity, you know what I'm going to have to do? 
not listen to it. It's just that simple. If I'm going to have a strong character, you know what I'm going to have to do? Not listen to negative things. Now, listen to negative thoughts. Now, many of you know that we just came back from Israel. But you know the number one challenge with Israel today is false propaganda. You know, 34 missiles came into Israel this evening from Lebanon. You know what happened? Actually, what happened? They interviewed a Palestinian Muslim who went to the temple and prayed. And they already made a plot and a plan could kidnap everybody inside that came into the temple and then blame Israel on it. And they blamed Israel for not allowing them to pray on the Mount, temp, Mount, uh, uh, Temple Mount, and it was the Palestinians who were kidnapping everybody. So what did the Israeli police do? They go in, they free everybody, and then they blame Israel for suppressing them from being able to pray on the Temple Mount. And you know, the news media, they're so accurate, aren't they? Israel's the aggressor again, you know, they deserve you know, all this stuff, you know. And listen, you can't believe everything you've heard. You know, I was so blessed to marry the daughter of an FBI agent, and one of the things that he told me one time I came in, I said, Brown, we called him Brown. Brown, guess what I heard, you know, and I told him what I heard, and he just listened to me. He said, Tom, don't believe everything you read, and don't believe everything you've heard. You know, that's so true. You know, if we haven't witnessed it ourselves, we haven't seen it ourselves, if we can't validate it ourselves, you know, let's not repeat it to somebody else because we don't know if we're repeating truth or not repeating truth. And again, you know, if we're not going to be won over by negativity and be won over by those things which are true and lovely and a good report, what are we going to have to do? We're going to have to position ourselves to listen to those things which are true, lovely, and a good report. You know, there's only one good news that you can get every day, and that's called the Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that wonderful what God's doing with destiny? You know, I thought about this. I thought right here in this church, Family Worship Center, Columbia, Missouri, you know, we have a world shaker and a history maker. 12 million likes, 600,000 followers. Who said nothing can happen in Family Worship Center? I'm here to tell you, you can be a world shaker and a history maker. All you got to do is hear from God and do what God tells you to do. Amen. So he was, you know, he was willing to work with undesirables in the life. He wasn't willing to listen to negative things. I believe he really encouraged these men. You know, these men would come in and say, well, you know, I had a, I had a bad family life. And he was probably merciful and compassionate. I'm sorry he had a bad family life, but forget about it. Move on. From now on, it's going to be different. We all have a sad story, you know. But we don't have to live like he Hall lives. You know, if I didn't have any bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's for the real old people here. <laughs> Most of you don't know what he Hall is, do you? It's, a, it's an old show. But anyway, I'll move on. That wasn't too funny. But anyway, but you know, the truth is that we have to let go of some things. And we've got to move on. Now, what's the proof of Jephthah letting go was when his brothers came to him and said, you know what? We now need you as a leader. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to let you suffer a while. You know? I mean, you know, let's just be real. Don't we want to kind of just kind of rub it back in the face of the people who came against us? But, you know, somehow, some way, he didn't do that. All he said was, look, if you want me to be the leader, will I get restored? Those things were rightfully mine in the first place. And they said, absolutely. He said, okay, I'll be your leader. 
He was willing to forgive. He was willing to lead the very people who called him an outcast. He was willing to lead the very people who were trying to steal from him his inheritance. He was, very, he was willing to lead and forgive those things which were behind, as Paul said, and he pressed on to obtain that which the Lord attained for him. In other words, he had a destiny. And you know what? How did he fulfill his destiny? Not by complaining, not by murmuring, by not by sit, not sitting around and having a pity party for himself. He rose up and he began to speak in other people's lives and began to develop the undesirables, and God used him to be a leader. Well, the other thing that I think that I saw that was a great quality about Jephthah was when he found out what was going on. The Amorites, Ammonites, excuse me, the Ammonites were coming. The Ammonites came, they were going to invade Israel. And so, you know, he sends a message to him what are you, what are you doing? Why do you want to invade us? What's, what's the situation here? They said, well, you took our land. He said, that was 300 years ago. You know, people say, well, Israel's occupying the, 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 you know, the, the land of the Palestinians. That was 75 years ago. Let it go. It's a new age. They're not occupying the land. They own the land. God gave him the land. We have 4,000 years of archaeological evidence that Israel belongs in that land. Sorry if I'm a little compassionate for Israel. I just came back. But you know what? Sometimes there's some things in the history that we can't change. Let it go. But the Ammonites, they said, nope, we're not going to let it go. We're going we're to come in and we're going to wipe you out. He said, go celebrate what your God gave you. The God of Shemesh, you know, what a God, Shemesh, you know, I mean, who would want to worship Shemesh? Oh, I worship you, Shemesh, who's Shemesh anyway, you know, but nevertheless, he said, you know what, you guys are wrong, but you know what, I'm going to ask God to help me, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and you know, you don't see very often in the Word of God in the Old Testament where the Spirit of God came upon him, but the Spirit of God came upon Jephthah. And now he had a plan. This is why it's so important that we take time to daily get into the presence of God. Let the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. Why? Because he'll lead you into victory every time. When you don't know where to go, ask God to take you. You know, and wait until you hear from the Spirit of the Lord. But you know one of the things that Jephthah did, you know, and this is not a, a cool thing to do, but he made a rash vow. He said, Lord, I tell you what, you give me a victory and I'll give you the very first thing that comes out of my house. I'll sacrifice it to you. So sure enough, the Spirit of the Lord came up on Jephthah. He had a great victory. He listened to God. He followed God. He obeyed God. Had a great victory. And as he was coming home, and see, when they came back home from a great victory like that, you know, everybody came out. They had parades, you know, ticker parades and all that stuff. Praise God, kind of like what it was when World War II, when all of our heroes came back from World War II. And we won that great war and that great disaster that went on in that particular century uh, and decade uh, uh, of our history and people are just celebrating all our heroes coming back well that's the way they did it back then and the very first thing that came out of this house was Jephthah's only daughter and this is what I think really clinched it for him to be a world shaker and a history maker was he, he didn't go oh well that's my daughter and there's really nothing I can do about it no he kept his vow even at his own hurt 
Now, there are some scholars who believe that, you know, maybe he did offer as a burnt sacrifice. That was acceptable in, in certain cultures. I don't believe that. I believe she was dedicated to serve in the temple for the rest of her life. And that's why the Bible says that she had a couple of months to mourn her virginity. In other words, she was mourning the fact that she would never get married and have children. And, you know, for a lot of women, that's a big deal. That's a sacrifice. But she was sacrificed uh, and, and given to the Lord. And, and that's just the way I choose to believe it because I don't believe there was you know, something that the Jewish people didn't believe in was human sacrifice. So I don't believe that he really sacrificed her physically, but I think he gave her to the temple to do the work of God. But the bottom line is this. Even though he made a rash vow, this is what was a clincher for me, that he was a world shaker and a history maker. He kept his vow, even at his own cost. That meant that he was never going to be a grandfather. That meant that the legacy, his legacy would never, ever uh, have a future. That means it came to an end because of a vow, that he honored the vow that he kept. And these are some of the things that I see in Jephthah that makes him different than the rest of the you know, people that want to make a difference. Number one, he was an outcast, but he couldn't control where he came from, but he could control where he was going. I think that's so important for all of us to get hold of the day. You can't always control what's happened in your life. You can't control where you were born. You can't control the kind of environment maybe you grew up in, but you can control where you're going, and you can control what kind of environment that you can have today. That's all up to you. That's why you're an overcomer in this life. And, and he did not stay around the people who didn't want him. Don't stay, and don't stay where you're tolerated. Go where you're celebrated. He rose up in leadership by working with undesirables, you know, that everybody else has a throwaway. You know, there's not a throwaway in the kingdom of God. Everybody deserves a chance. Everybody deserves a second chance. Everybody deserves a third chance if they want that. Sometimes people have a bad attitude, and sometimes you can't help everybody, but there are some people who want help, and it's that one person that wants help that, you know, that you can change their life. You know, Vicki and I were talking the other day about, you know, how many people that we've helped in the last 25 years. Not all of them are around, but you know what? Some of them are, and some of them are making a difference. Isn't that wonderful? So that's what you want to focus on. You want to focus, you know, on the success, not the failures in life. Glory to God. Are you learning something tonight? So he was willing to forgive in order to obtain his inheritance. That's so important. So many times, you know, we, you know, we want to remind people, well, I remember, you know, 10 years ago when you did this. No, let it go. You know, if you're having a hard time letting go of something, go to God and say, God, I'm really having a hard time letting go of something. You know, God is so good at restoring all the things that the enemy has stole from you. And I've shared this story before, but we have some visitors here tonight, and I want to share it again. And that is that when Vinky and I first started the church 25 years ago, the first two years that we started the church, she stayed back two years uh, because Pastor Bob couldn't find somebody to replace us. Our pastor, who we were working for, couldn't find anybody to replace us. And then after uh, two years went by, you know, it was time for her to move up here. And so we decided that we were going to, we made an offer to a couple that was in our singles ministry. And they met in our singles ministry and got married. And we made them an offer to buy our house, at least uh, with an option to buy. So we made that, that offer to them. And they jumped on it, man. 
and what a great deal and everything, you know. And, and so they got into the house and everything, and they both were working for the same company, but the company went belly up, and they both lost their jobs. And within three months of losing their jobs, you know, which meant that, you know, we weren't getting, you know, payments, we weren't getting house payments and things like that, nothing ugly about it at all. You know, but we had to come to the conclusion that they couldn't stay in the house. And so we, they left the house, and sure enough, we went down to make, get the house ready to sell again. And then 9-11 happened. And when 9-11 happened, if you remember, I mean, the bottom fell out of real estate. Nobody was selling anything. And the house was sitting there, you know, and the realtor was like, I don't get it, Tom. She said, I don't get what's wrong. You've got a beautiful home. People walk in the house. They said, this is my house. They walk out the back door, and they don't give me a contract. I don't know what's going on. And so I went down there for a minister's conference. I was going to paint the house, do a little painting during the day and do the conference at night. And when I got down there, the very first day that we had a prayer meeting, and I was praying, the Lord spoke to me and said, you didn't come here to paint the house. I'm like, glory to God. And so anyway, I began to look for somebody else, one of the contractors that I knew down there in, in, in the church and stuff like that, you know, to paint the house and help us, you know. And uh, so anyway, the the uh, Lord spoke to me and said, I don't want you to lower the price of the house. I want you to raise the price of the house. I said, well, okay, I'll do that. So I was just to be obedient. I was kind of fearful, you know. House isn't selling. The real estate's telling me, the realtor's telling me, you need to lower the price. We can't find anybody. So I called her up, and I said, God told me for you to relist the house and relist it $25,000 more than what it's listed for today. She said, no one does that. I said, I'm just telling you what God told me to do. She said, okay. She listed it, and we had a contract that week. It gets better. <laughs> the house that we bought here in Columbia, we bought for the same price that we bought the house, or we sold the house for in Fort Worth. The house in Fort Worth was built in 77. The house we bought here in Columbia was built in 76. And when we walked in the house that we bought here in Columbia, we thought, deja vu. I mean, it had all the same fixtures that the one in Fort Worth had and everything, you know. But we had updated that house before we moved. And so we got a house almost twice as big, two lots, for the same price that we sold the house for in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, does God restore or does God restore? It's just a small little story. There's a lot more to it than that. But, the, but it's just a small little story to encourage you that God will repay all. That's what the Bible says. You know, it's, it says repay, don't repay any evil for evil, you know, but repay evil with good for God will repay all. So what is the key to being a world shaker and a history maker? Just doing what the Bible says to do. Don't let somebody talk you out of God's blessing. Just be what God says you can be. Just go where God says you can go. Just do what God says you can do. And you will see some great results. I really believe this is a year of maximum results. I believe this is the year of the highest level attainable. But, you know, I've been, you know, just following some of the things that Brother Jerry's been saying about that. He gave that word this year about being a year of maximum results and the highest year attainable. But you know what? There's some keys that you have to do. And the bottom line, what are those keys? Just do what the Bible says to do. Just follow God with your whole heart. Just do what God says to do. Just go after him with your whole heart, and you're going to see some things turn around in your life. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org, or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. 
Until the next time, remember, you are God's best. <laughs>